in this episode of The Full Nerd, Intel Alder Lake and Ark. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with special guest, Mark Hawkman. Good morning, everyone. Not really special guest. He's, he's regular, almost a regular these days. And, of course, everyone's favorite on getting good deals, Elaine Yee. Hello. I didn't, I didn't write the correct notes. I've got to make this up. And, of course, running the vertical and horizontal is uh, Willis. Hey, hey, everyone. So, uh, uh, obviously, the big news today is Intel's big reveal of, you know, uh, Alder Lake, Indeed. as well as more details of its HEHPG, which is now better known as its ARC GPU. That's due early next year. Mark wrote our story on PCWorld.com. Go there and read that on Alder Lake. So I'm going to let him kick this off. I got a lot of questions. There's a lot of comments, too. I have lots of comments, too, and I, I do want to hear what Mark has to say because um, I, I haven't, I haven't, talk to him about it since all the news <laughs> the last couple of days so yeah there was a lot of information that came out in the past couple of days uh so intel held its intel architecture day which actually s- stretched over a couple of days uh this week <clears throat> and this was the i guess what you call the architectural explanation of alder lake i mean they've, they've talked about Alder lake announced it before last year um this is sort of the okay here's how it works um, type explanation, and we're going to get into a little bit more in speeds and feeds probably as we get close to launch. We're probably expecting that <laughs> to happen in October sometime. But for right now, this is just sort of how Intel typically rolls out their processor. So Alder Lake is what we expect to be a 12th gen core chip. They haven't actually formally announced that. It is the sort of second iteration of their hybrid architecture. The first version was Lakefield. That was in a Samsung laptop, uh, really optimized for battery life. And the performance was poor <laughs> to middling, I guess you'd say. Nothing to speak of, really. It was almost like a test chip. Uh, I don't know how many of these things they sold. But, you know, for Alder Lake, what Intel is talking about is saying, okay, first generation hybrid, the type of electric car that, uh, gas electric car that gets you to the gas station once every month. This is more along the lines of a Tesla or a Formula One car where actually the hybrid architecture is used for that dramatic torque and acceleration that gets you out of the corners, which is, I think, a pretty good analogy. So Alder Link is a combination of two cores then. Uh, we have the performance core, which is pretty typical of the traditional cores that we've seen and everything under the sun up through Rocket Lake right now. And we have this new efficiency core, which is designed for handling lower priority background tasks. It's not quite a background core because Intel is talking about even possibly running games on top of it. Um, But again, it's sort of a lower priority core. And Alder Lake is going to be made up of several chips with different combinations of performance and efficiency cores. So we can go to, and we have a couple of slides here. I think we'll start out, if we don't have it up on the screen already, sort of uh, slide number one, where we're sort of just talking about the overview for Alder Lake and what it's hoping to accomplish. Um, And maybe we can just jump even quickly to uh, slide two, which is sort of the overview of what it's going to offer. So essentially what we're talking about for Alder Lake is uh, three designs, uh, your typical desktop, 
your general mainstream laptop, and then your ultra mobile tablet. And Intel hasn't actually uh, given those product names yet. So we don't know if these are Y or series or U series or any of that sort, but we can sort of just, you know, use those for, for background references. So the, the desktop uh, version will have up to 16 cores and there'll be eight performance cores and eight efficiency cores. And then you're going to go down to the uh, mobile, sort of the general purpose mobile. We're going to have six performance cores, eight efficiency cores. And then to the ultra mobile, we'll have two performance cores and eight efficiency cores. Can we move to slide four? Excellent. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. And so uh, basically we can talk a little bit about the way I structured my story was actually to talk about a little bit about what Alder Lake offered in general, and then sort of dive down into the nuts and bolts of the performance cores and the efficiency cores. So Alder Lake really is, and you know, we'll have to see how this all plays out, but really a, a fairly significant revamp of the PC because the first thing that we know about it and Intel's confirmed it this week, and we knew about this to begin with, uh, this has been leaked out. And I think there was uh, a cooler manufacturer this year that this week that sort of talked about sort of the, the socket, but we're talking about the LGA 1700 socket, which is a shift from the standard LGA 775 socket that's been used uh, to date. And this is a larger socket. And uh, we're also going to see apparently, um, you know, demand for, sorry, the need for new coolers because of the larger size. And I think the through holes are different as well. So that's going to be, you know, the combination of new sockets, new cooler, you know, that's going to probably mean, you know, new investment uh, and new PCs, uh, issues for DIY, DIY builders. Uh, you know, of course, we have that legacy of Franken PCs where you can carry over things, but all their like sort of shifts along that, shifts all that. Um, the, the other interesting thing that we have here is we have these two new standards that are going to be introduced uh, with Alder Lake, or at least, you know, formally put in a market in Alder Lake. Two things, memory, uh, as well as Pisa Express. So memory, uh, and you guys have talked about this, I think in last week's full nerd, as a matter of fact. So we're seeing the introduction of DDR5. Um, and it's Alder Lakes Phi actually supports four different types of memory modules. We have DDR4, 3200, LPDDR4, X4266, as well as the DDR5, 4800, and LPDDR5 X modules. Um, so I'm not exactly, and you, you probably help me straighten this particular thing out. I am not sure if you'll be able to, I don't think you'll be able to mix and match modules. I'm not entirely certain what the, uh, how much you'll be able to, you know, what the performance benefits will be of DDR5 or DDR4, but, you know, this is essentially feeding the beast with higher memory. So Yeah, I, you know, I do want to point out this too. It's interesting, uh, uh, Ian, who's Tech Tech Potato and probably in the chat because he loves to just nerd out over stuff, writes for a non-tech. He, he pointed out that in, in Alder Lake desktop, it'll be interesting because basically it's all hot. Um, it typically, like Rocket Lake and Comet Lake and all previous chips, even though the memory controller on the mobile version might have might have supported you know LP, mm -hmm. these parts actually support actually the, the desktop parts didn't. This one it does. And it's possible, I mean, somebody would have to be, I don't know, I honestly don't know why anybody would do it, but somebody could make a desktop board with embedded, you know, LP memory if they that's wanted true. to, right? So yeah. that's a little strange, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, it's just, it's also interesting, I, I kind of wonder if 
this lets you know maybe we will see combo motherboards. It's been discussed, I think, heavily whether mother whether motherboard makers will make DDR4 with DDR5 because DDR5 will be so hard to get. Um, may, maybe that will happen. I mean, if if all the if everything is just basically switched on from Intel and it's up yeah. to board. You mentioned hot too. This is also manufactured in the Intel Seven process which is that uh, new name for the Intel 10, nan- 10 nanometer Superfin technology. So, you know, essentially, you know, Intel sort of characterized this as the equivalent of the seven nanometer processor used by AMD. So, you know, again, it's, right. uh, they're sort of abstracting this. So I'm not sure, you know, it's, it's fun to t- argue about and talk about, but, you know, we'll have to sort of see how the performance just shakes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So, um, all right. So anyways, we've got uh, the, uh, we have a new socket. We have the new memory modules. We also have PCI Express 5 showing up here, uh, which is, you know, sort of was expected, I guess, almost last year. But now because of possibly delays and just the getting the market and the pandemic, we're seeing this, you know, coming to market now. So um, looks like, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, 64 gigabytes per second across 16 lanes. Um, and what yeah. Intel showed, and I'm not sure if this is indicative of the final product, but this is what they show. They showed us by 16 PCI gen five, as well as a, uh, by four connection to PCIe gen four. So that'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, the latter would be for SSDs. Um, okay. So. That is, oh, sorry, let's go ahead and look briefly at slide four, because that shows a little bit more how all the building blocks, <laughs> excuse me, probably <clears throat> my throat today, how all the building blocks go together. And, you know, I think that what we see here is if you closely, we see that Thunderbolt 4 appears in the mobile and ultramobile, not on the desktop. And we also see a uh, a lower number of EUs for the integrated Z core uh, appear on the desktop um, versus the mobile and the ultra mobile. And though this might be obvious to some of you, Intel is simply expecting that on the desktop, we're going to see a little bit more uh, presence of discrete graphics. Therefore, they're going to go ahead and shave off some of that die and uh, essentially just just assume that you're going to be running a discrete graphics card, which might be, you know, um, arc, I suppose, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they're assuming here, but that might be just sort of an incentive for you to just to, to push into that arc generation. It's also actually pretty modular too, you know, it is I, pretty modular. Yeah. They refer I, to these things as building blocks. It's a little, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense for desktop in some ways, but it's still mm-hmm. a bummer to me that you don't get Thunderbolt in, in the, in the, in the die itself. But... Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. Because I mean, Thunderbolt has been my assumption has been has been a pretty key technology for say video editing and so forth that high speed I/O. So yeah, I guess it um, makes sense though for for mobile because you're you you do want it as a feature on mobile almost any time you care about high speed inner you know out. But right. I on a desktop you don't really need it. So why why deal with putting it in a in the core if the motherboard maker decides they don't want to deal with the certification because there is a delay in certifying it. So they don't want to deal with that. So why waste it when they can just do it discreet? Yeah, I agree. And the, the other thing the slide shows too, is it sort of gives you a hint as what you're talking about in, in a couple of minutes, which is the relative sizes of the performance and the efficiency cores. You're seeing those dark blue performance cores up at the top and the lighter blue efficiency cores. And yeah, those efficiency cores are about four, efficiency cores that fit into the die space of a performance core. 
uh, which is, you know, obviously a cost savings, but also gives you an, a, a little bit of an idea of the relative performance of each. And again, we'll talk about that in, one, in a second. But, but we're really looking at basically, I mean, obviously it's different because we have um, lower performance cores. Hmm. Well, efficiency core, not lower performance. <coughs> Excuse me. You're not looking at, so Intel can go and say, we we can sell you a 12 core. Right. A fourteen core or sixteen core; those are your choices on yep. our on our on our consumer products, right? They are, and I guess the question that one of the people some some people may be asking is, why don't we just have all performance cores? Um, you know, and that I think is, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're looking from a from a from an overall product perspective, uh, that's Sapphire Rapids, <laughs> which is the Xeon processor, uh, that is an all performance cores. But, you know, the question was asked, you know, why shouldn't we have all performance cores, especially on the desktop where battery life just really isn't an issue. And Intel's response is that, um, sure, battery life isn't an issue, but thermals are. And so the efficiency cores there are designed to lower the overall or uh, lower the overall power consumption of your PC and just make it a more efficient uh, experience to begin with. Um, so, you know, you may not agree with that. We may, who knows, we maybe we'll see a Core i9 version of Alder Lake that is all performance cores just for that enthusiast audience. But, you know, again, for right now, that's the, uh, that's the answer they're giving. Yeah. You know, actually this, I, I mean, cause to me, the, the big news was the efficiency core. Did we it already do slide that. three? The throughput performance? The blue, sure. You want to talk about the, should we talk about the efficiency cores now? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. to me, I, I think for desktop, that was always the really, ever since, you know, Alder Lake kind of broke his rumors, you know, a couple right. years ago. We were like, mm-hmm. what? Why would you do Adam, right? Because Adam, is he's got a pretty terrible name attached to it. But right. it looks like this ain't your... This ain't your netbooks, Adam, right? No, it's not. I mean, um, you know, we've Intel has usually used, uh, even though we don't really talk about them, we've used, Intel's used code names for its CPU cores in addition to the actual chip itself. And so this is an Atom chip, and this is specifically the Gracemont uh, core that they've talked about previously. And the difference really here, uh, in addition, of course, to performance and power, is the fact that the performance cores have hyper-threading, Gracemont does not. So that's why you're seeing the sort of the discrepancy in the cores and threads at the sort of the macroscopic level. So Gracemont is a essentially, um, well, it's their, what is it? Their uh, fourth generation Atom chip. And what basically Intel is trying to position Gracemont as is they're trying to position it against Skylake, uh, which is the sixth generation chip. Um, and, you know, yeah, Skylake could do, you know, everything you ask for in a PC. It could play some games, relative games at the time. It could handle... Uh, whatever tasks you wanted to throw at video and so forth. So what they're saying, what they're actually saying with um, with the efficiency core is they're trying to position against Skylake ship with Skylake and they're doing it in a couple of different ways. So essentially, I guess one-to-one um, the E-core, which is the efficiency core's shorthand delivers 40% more performance than Skylake. Um, and then from a, from a space perspective, um, again, if you had looked at that previous diagram, you saw that sort of four, Sky or four efficiency cores fit in in that space where one performance core is. Now you can slice that a different way. Um, you can put four E cores against two Skylight cores, which are running four threads, and then you get about 80% performance with less power. So what they're trying to simply establish is that if these efficiency cores offer more performance than Skylake, 
using less power and a smaller footprint, which is basically the nutshell uh, quote that uh, one of their designers basically said. And I think that um, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. Um, I think you, as you pointed out, Gordon, um, you know, from a power performance standpoint, Adam looks great on paper, but from an actual usability standpoint, it was, you know, <laughs> kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's so. memory of of netbooks and Adam, frankly, in iterations, all cherry trails. Last time I think I ever touched one, it was, it, it just never, it never blew you away. Right. Right. It always right. just felt like drag, like a seven watt passively cooled, you know, core sky Lake park felt like, Oh, this is worlds faster than a cherry trail. So can I ask a question? And I feel like it might be something other people are wondering too. Why should we be impressed that they're talking about something that can match Skylake? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's such an old architecture at this point. And I get the power efficiency angle for sure. But since we're talking about this from the perspective of desktop, like, what are these, what are these cores going to be really handling that's going to make them impressive for what they do? Yeah. Go ahead. You want to go? Sure. No, I think it really, you know, it's, it's again, it's for all the background stuff. If you, you know, you run a very modern OS, it's, it's always doing tons and tons of house cleaning, house cleaning that always has to be put off. There are knobs being turned and things being done all the time in Windows. So these cores can handle a lot of that. These cores could handle, I mean, there's just so many things that if you think about it, you're just sort of wasting the resources of a higher performance core. So you have this low, this low performance core. God, I keep calling it that. This efficiency core that does it. Now you free up your P core to do all the the good stuff. So it's, you know, it's it's the bench player. It's the bench player in in the PC, which is actually very important. So and I think, to me, where well, I don't know if we're getting too far down here, but to me, what it does is, it does the stuff. And it enables them to get to very high thread count in a, a fairly without dealing with the power limits of going to sort of a, a true enthusiast HEDT class socket in a way. And I think Skylake too is just a simple point of reference. Most people understand because uh, most people are more familiar with Skylake and core processors than anything else. Um, you know, <laughs> Adam has a pretty negative reputation. So you know, the two the combination of the two, right? The familiarity with Skylake and the fact that you're now we're talking about it in terms of core performance rather than Adam performance. You know, at some I, I think that's I think it's a marketing spin, but I think it's a pretty good one as well. Yeah. Um, and I, one other thing I do want to add to is this is the one thing we have everybody has used against Intel. Right. Saying oh, KB Lake is just Skylake, right? Coffee Lake is just Skylake. Comet Lake is just Skylake, right? It's just Skylake plus, 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 plus. Mm. So in a lot of ways, yeah, I mean, there are iterations of that, but that's sort of that's sort of where it was because Skylake was, a, you know, a break from Broadwell. So I, I think that's, that point is probably fair. I know, <coughs> I know where Elaine is coming from because everybody goes like, well, shouldn't you compare this to you know, a Rocket Lake core. Why are you comparing it to to Skylake? But I think it's right. the original, original of the 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 series that I think is is the is the, the what they would rationalize it as. And just to I guess explain a little bit more about the efficiency core is designed to do. It's yeah, it's, it's essentially to handle these background tasks. Like uh, I think they gave email syncing as one of the these tasks. So you know, things that don't necessarily de- demand a whole lot of performance. Um, the other thing to th- you know, to talk about or to mention here, and it's sort of 
straddles this and the, the thread director discussion we can have a little bit later is that traditionally what happens is that uh, foreground tasks are, uh, are basically given priority in a PC. So like, for example, if you're watching this in your web browser, uh, that's a foreground task and it's getting more resources than it would be if it was say, you know, sitting at idle. Uh, so, um, one of the things that, you know, anything else that's not being sort of actively worked on would be typically sort of a background task. And I think what Intel is trying to do is simply say, okay, those background tasks could be assigned to traditional cores like we see on Rocket Lake, but, you know, you're powering those up and those take power. So if we can assign those to lower power, lower performance cores, you know, you may not get essentially additional performance, but your PC just might be more efficient using less power. And that's just an overall better experience. Now, again, whether you agree with that or not, you know, that's just the way that they, you know, that's that's the way they see it. So we actually have a, a super chat that's kind of related to this. And sure. uh, Dan, I did see your super chat. I'll get to that in just a second. But VC Pester uh, gave us $5 and wants to know, will these cores then save Dell in California? <laughs> that's a Gordon question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, I mean, efficiency is something all desktop supporters are going to have to deal with as we go forward mm-hmm. so i i think that's way forward obviously the dell thing was they just had parts they had to move so they just didn't they couldn't sell them here so they didn't but yeah it is something that if you think that desktops are going to continue to run unconstrained that's not going to happen that there, someone will come for us one day right i mean they're talking about right now Systems running from nine watts to nine watts on the tablets to 125 watts on the desktop. I mean, you know, that's just a, a guideline for right now. I'm sure it'll go up and down depending on how they want to position the, the technology. So, but yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a great question. So I actually have a follow up question about these cores as well. So based on everything you, uh, you two have been describing, it sounds like integration with the operating system is really going to be key then for how well this does. Oh, yeah, I see Gordon with the low finger wave for audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just a good segue for Mark to talk should about Thread Director. Okay, well, we, should we talk about the performance core before we talk about Thread Director? Oh, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so yes, so hold your thought. Yes, we'll absolutely talk about okay, the integration cool. of the operating system in a second. Um, so the performance core, uh, which is the one that most people are probably going to be interested in, uh, the P core, as we're calling it now, if you want to be cool, uh, <laughs> essentially this is the traditional core, uh, just carried forward. Uh, this is, uh, we have gone now from Sunny Cove to Golden Cove is what the official code name is. Um, and this is of course the, that's the performance core that's designed for, you know, pure speed, pure throughput, the whole works. Um, now I will be honest, um, Intel went into quite a lot of detail on sort of the intricacies and nuts and bolts of what makes this particularly special. Um, we have, you know, this is something that we have to wrestle with in PC world where we have to sort of say, okay, we have a very nerdy audience and we have a more general audience and we sort of have to sort of draw the line between the two. So, you know, Intel's talked about, you know, some of the front end stuff and the uh, thread decoders and stuff. I would honestly have to recommend you go to some place like a non-tech if you want that level of detail. Um, I'm sure Ian's gone ahead and, and provided that. I can just tell you from a more general concept that these, you know, Intel is essentially presenting this as a wider, deeper processor, able to handle more instructions and with some interesting little tweaks here and there to improve the performance. A um, couple of those that we called out uh, were... Um, 
an enhanced power management system. Now, power management normally wouldn't be considered to be associated with performance, but uh, Intel is telling us that it's previously been able to adjust the performance on the fly by sort of looking at her heuristically at the uh, demands of the thread and the application that's running. Uh, the reaction time uh, previously was on the order of uh, milliseconds, and now it's on the order of microseconds. So I guess it's an order of magnitude improvement. So the idea being that it should represent a higher level of clock uh, performance uh, for a particular application, just because I think it can. the idea is it can mix and match performance uh, with what uh, the application is trying to do. Uh, in terms of actual performance, I mean, the big number that we're looking at here, and you'll see repeated elsewhere, is 19% performance uh, at ISO frequency, which is a fancy name for simply saying that, hey, if you take a Rocket Lake uh, core, uh, the Cypress, uh, Cypress uh, Cove, Cypress Cove, thank you, uh, and you run that at a particular frequency, in this case, 3.3 gigahertz, you're getting a 19% importance improvement scattered over a wide variety of benchmarks, everything from PC mark to spec to just a number of different things. And honestly, if you look at the graph, um, you know, there's some sharp improvements, sharp gains on one end and a lot of little downward gains the, the other, at the other end. I don't know if you can take anything away from that, but again, this is something that Gordon is going to have to test and we'll have to just run against a number of benchmarks and just see what the actual performance might be. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, look, there's some things up to 60%. Um, right. mm-hmm. And it looks, a lot of is very impressive because 20% is, 19% is right there. But it's also interesting, there's a few things on the far, far left of that that graphic that shows you like, oh, it actually may underperform a Rocket Lake mm-hmm. part. So... Right. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, there's yeah, definitely. I mean, they're they're saying they did say this is their biggest, you know, change in in x eighty six in what ten years. I mean, this they're actually calling this a fairly significant change for them. Absolutely, right? yeah, this is. No, so fine. I I guess it makes sense if you're going to run into a few things that kind of stink, but it's just amazing to me that you have Intel. We sort of we, <laughs> you have spec. And then they also throw in everything from Web Expert to Crossmark to Geekbench. Yeah, no. I was really kind of like, whoa, that's – I mean, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, Intel would never sort of admit that they would never take Geekbench seriously in the past. I right. kind of wonder if that's something that's changed or – you know, I'm just surprised, honestly, to see that as, as one of their um, – one of their test results are pushing. Yeah, I was too, actually. I mean, normally you would expect them to sort of do a little bit more cherry picking, but if you throw every benchmark under the sun at it, I'm not sure exactly what you're necessarily saying out of all this, but I don't know. It's well, uh, pop- it's popular. It's yeah. I think the thing is, you know, and I don't, I, I don't, I'm okay with Geekbench if used correctly, but I, I have applied correctly, but I, I was just surprised because, you know, there's, but yeah, I mean, that's 60%. I, I'd love to see what's pushing that 50 and 60% mm-hmm. higher performance, right? So, yeah, so am I. Yeah, and it's possible we're seeing some applications that maybe are being tuned for, uh, you know, what they're doing uh, specifically. Um, you know, AVX five twelve, AVX, you know, and so forth. Um, not AVX five twelve. Well, not AVX five twelve. Yes, exactly. So I was <laughs> looking actually at the uh, the next thing I just wanted to briefly mention, which is uh, we have a new set of construction extensions called AMX Advanced Matrix Extensions. That's specifically for AI. So we're we're talking really about Intel's optimizing for existing benchmarks and existing applications, but also looking forward. And AI. Remember, oh, remember of course that uh, 
Uh, Aldo Lake is a architecture that's designed from everything from tablets to the data center. So, you know, AI is something that we really haven't seen too much of in the PC space. I mean, um, gosh, they talked about it in the context of Cortana and so forth, and we've seen what happened with that. So, you know, uh, AI is usually considered to be something that's more in the, uh, the, the mobile space where you have things like portrait mode uh, for a picture, um, as well as the data center where <laughs> who knows what Google and Facebook are using it for uh, to profile us and so forth. So, yeah, uh, it's been uh, so, yes, we have, again, AMX, we have AI, but that's really up to Microsoft to, you know, make, to, to make sense of it on the desktop. And so probably nothing, probably won't see a huge impact from that. Well, hopefully application, you know, software developers actually support it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's to true. me, that's and maybe we'll see something in all, games. So. We, we might see something in games that takes advantage of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are seeing some impressive imaging apps based on it. So, that's but true. I, the, right. but I guess what kind of blows me away is AVX 512, which, which, I mean, remember, they were taking slings and arrows in AVX 512 uh, right up to, you know, this the last architecture day, right? The last time, that's when uh, Linus Torvalds was like, AVX 512 is a waste of time. <laughs> <clears throat> and Intel was like, look, we can't not offer it on all of our parts. Right. You know, we have a we have a deal here. We got to offer it on data center. And, you know, for for developers to support it, we offer everything from, from laptops to 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 desktops to to data center we have to have uniform instruction set for everybody except on this one because we're dumping it overboard i mean i was like i was really kind of like what i it is a little like you just went through this whole like contortion to 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 say that avx 512 is like we we got to do this and then i for people who don't know avx 512 is actually inside of the golden cores golden cove cores but they're fused off they're basically turned off permanently right and the rationale was, well, the Gracemont cores, the E cores don't have it, the P cores have it. We can't have a situation where the P cores have it right. and the E yeah. cores don't. But I was sort of frank. And then the thing here's the kicker, though, is like Sapphire Rapids, the the big bad server version that mm-hmm. has AVX five twelve. It does. Yep, that's right. So <laughs> I am a little color me confused. I just kind of wonder if they're just like, yeah, AVX five twelve was just. Just the appetizer to get you to AMX. We want you to support AMX, or or I I really would like to find out what exactly caused them to dump it after all that time. But I yeah, it was it was a little nitty gritty for me. To, I mean, I just I could see myself getting into that, and I could see <laughs> editors going, "Why are we bothering with this anyway?" So I didn't even really dive into it. But yes, I, I certainly take your point. I mean, no, I I get it. It's just yeah. it's just weird because you know. Um, AVX 512 is sort of given as a the justification for it was a lot of the AI workloads because VNNI runs on this. I was like, actually, no, actually, VNNI VNNI is in 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 the newer Alder Lake part, but you know it's on AMX, so we don't need the AVX 512. It's like 512 was just sort of like, I mean, what can you say, right? Uh, all everybody who was criticizing it turned out to sort of be right because unless they bring it back in the future, maybe we just like we haven't enabled it in the in the e cores yet. We'll do that later. I, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, just, it's, 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 I guess putting a pin in it for right now. I guess is the way you phrase it. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. so yes, let's talk about a little bit about what Aunt Elena had mentioned earlier, and that's Thread Director, uh, because that's the that's a really interesting little bit there. Um, so. Normally, we don't really care about such things as like uh, thread schedulers because 
you know, it's just not something that we deal with too much. I think Gordon, you've written about it a little bit before. Um, but in general, that's one of the parts of, or the pieces of windows that just get, kind of gets overlooked. And with thread director, it is, this is actually a partnership with Microsoft that's designed specifically to allow Alder Lake to run within windows 11. And we'll talk about that angle of it in just a second. Um, but essentially what's normally happens is that <clears throat> a thread scheduler will simply go ahead and assign, excuse me. <clears throat> we'll go ahead and assign tasks uh, to like, for example, give a task to a, a certain core, like a, a foreground task to a high performance core. Um, and in this case, what we're doing here is they're actually not only dividing up the threads between specific cores, but they're also dividing up the threads within specific cores on specific categories. So again, Intel is essentially looking at the tasks that you're running on your PC, things like video rendering or a game or a game with streaming, and trying to decide whether that task belongs on the performance core or the efficiency core. And certain things I think are pretty obvious. I mean, you know, games go on a performance core. You know, again, email syncing might go on a, an efficiency core. But the deal is, is that what happens when you sort of essentially are trying to split the difference? And what happens if you're running something and a more, a higher demand application sort of comes into the flow? You just, you're doing some video rendering and then you all of a sudden decide you want to go ahead and play a game while that's happening. So Thread Director is what happens to sort of shift things back and forth. And again, it's not necessarily designed to give you, in a way it's designed to give you better performance, but it's in a way it's designed to make your PC more efficient. And I'm not entirely certain how we're going to see that manifest. It might just be that we'll see PCs that feel less laggy, that feel less more performant, that feel uh, that have a little bit more battery life because tasks are being assigned in a certain core. Now, the interesting thing is, is that, again, this is designed for Windows 11. And the question was, of course, so what happens on Windows 10? And Gordon, I think, as you pointed out, and the question in some sense is a moot one because we're talking about the majority of people will be buying a Windows 11 PC right. or sorry, they'll be buying an all their like PC with Windows 11 running on top of it. That problem just sort of goes away by itself. But for those of people who are going to be trying to buy an all their like PC, but maybe don't want to go ahead and upgrade to Windows 11 quite yet for whatever reason, the UI or whatever it might be, this is where it becomes interesting. And to be honest with you, it's one of the questions that, Intel executives got hit with just over and over and over because <clears throat> to be honest and to be fair, the answers were good, but the answers weren't quite to the level of specificity that we are looking for. Um, so what it seems to boil down to is this on windows 10, windows 10 will support all like, and windows 10 has what Intel's executives are referring to as hybrid goodness, where you can go ahead and support uh, applications running on both cores. What it seems like Windows 11 might do is it might do a better job of dynamically moving those threads back and forth between the performance cores and the efficiency cores, especially when new applications sort of come into the fold, so to speak. Um, you know, I think that... Um, I'm just trying to see if there was a quote that really summarized it up. And there really isn't. Uh, we didn't quite get this sort of the definitive answer we're looking for. But I think, 
I think the bottom line is, is that you're going to see, obviously, all their like support on Windows 10, but you're going to see some incremental benefits on Windows 11, and it's not clear what those are. And that's, again, a really, that's not the definitive answer that I would want, and it's not the definitive answer that you would want, but that's about what we've got right now, I think. Yeah, it's so early, too, and, you know, there are, you know, Microsoft was involved slightly in that announce in the briefing. They were, right. But, I, you know, they... There's third rails in the PC industry, and the biggest third rail is talking about Microsoft products before Microsoft wants you to talk about them. Right. So there isn't a lot, but, you know, I'm going to guess you're not going to get the best performance. But I, I still think people are – there's a little too much focus on it because you're not going to buy a laptop in, next year that features, a you know, a whatever an Alder Lake H is and, and get Windows 10. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I know people think that's going to happen, but that's not how it's ever worked before. Microsoft tells everybody to jump uh, to the new OS, and everybody says, how high should we jump to the new OS? So you will see everybody immediately switch over to Windows 11 for new PCs once it's ready. So I, I don't think it's a big deal, but, I mean, maybe for a DIY person, if you have a Windows 10 license and you build an Alder Lake box and you run Windows 10, it might kind of stink, but... For all we know, Microsoft will say, hey, Windows 11 free for all Windows 10 people. Then, you know, what, the what reason, would the rationale be for sticking with Windows 10 at that point? Well, the reason the reason for me that it's an interesting question, too, is the fact that we have like, Microsoft just hasn't held to its schedules in the past. I mean, first of all, yeah. we have Windows Insider uh, builds that are out right now. And, you know, <clears throat> Thread Direction is not part of those, at least explicitly. OK, so when does Windows, Windows Thread Director actually ship? Well, they're talking about... Uh, it will be, I mean, the, the official quote was it'll be incorporated in the upcoming Windows 11 release. Well, you know, Windows 10 has gone on for what, five years? Uh, <laughs> Windows yep. 11 could go on for that as well. So does that mean that we're going to see the Red Director in uh, Windows 11 at launch? Does that mean we're going to see it like next year? Uh, does that mean it's going to be, I mean, God forbid, it's going to be pushed out like Windows 10X was. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's very unlikely. But, um, you know, the timing of it is going to be interesting. So does that mean, you know, it, it, it opens up some questions. I mean, could yeah. you buy an Alder Lake PC with Windows 11 and then see a performance boost, uh, you know, down the road if Thread Director is implemented? Um, yeah. So and it'll be these, messy too, right? It'll it be like, messy. it's like a Windows Vista Ready sticker. Is yeah. what it could be like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I, I brought up Vista, but there, everyone, Gordon. No, I mean, it really, there we've gone through transitions. Where we're like, oh well, you know, our CPU or our product will get better when the next release comes out. That will be out in two months. Six months later, it's like, man, where is this? You're killing us, right? And that that's happened to us many, many times. Yeah, and that actually would be a suck situation because it if. If Alder Lake needs Windows 11 to really extract the best performance and Windows 11 don't come out to summer of next year, that would just be just that that would be bad, right? Because then now you've de-incentivized people from buying uh, Alder Lake box. Yeah, I mean, it may be we're making a mountain out of a molehill, but I mean, these things are all concerns that cropped up to me. And I mean, you just we can't answer those questions right now. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's real, though. I mean, I, I think, yeah, people are like, oh, you're just fretting. But you know what? This is like it's happened before. So it's happened many times before, in fact. So that is yeah. an actual real suck situation for Alder Lake if that if that does occur. 
the I, other thing that kind of occurred to me too is that you know you you always you know the traditionally the, one of the the ops you know one of the things that was a big no no in terms of Intel was say you know new architecture and a new process. Okay, well, okay, we're not necessarily talking about that right now. But we are talking about a new, essentially, I guess, a quasi new software technology on top of a new processor too. So I mean, I was thinking to myself. Okay, you know, maybe this is just crazy, but what happens if there's a bug in Thread Director and you end up with a bunch of different threads all jammed up onto a single core? Is that likely to happen? I have no idea, but I was just thinking to myself, gee, you know, we are talking about Microsoft and Intel working together and new architectures, and I was just like, ah, man, I, I hope this doesn't go doesn't go wrong, but I could... You know, I'm just wondering about whether that would happen or not. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that that, that would definitely be the point of hand wringing, I, yeah. I would think, because yeah, yeah, there's always that is a, it is a big change. There's high risk, but I think Microsoft and Intel realize they really, really need a hybrid approach because you know, yeah. M1 ain't no joke, right? right? Qualcomm, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about Qualcomm, but Apple is no joke, and I think that they sort of. You know, they want to see a hybrid approach applied by more vendors to, you know, to get the, the efficiencies that, that Apple is getting out of its uh, M1 platform, right? So yeah. that's, I, I think wanna, it's real, but right. yeah. And you, I don't want to imply the scenarios I was suggesting were going to happen. I think they're they're very unlikely, but still, it was just a worry in my mind and a question. Well, you're a journalist, Mark. You only yeah. wor- <laughs> All journalists worry about the worst case scenario. You immediately <laughs> go to like, well, what if aliens land? Yeah. It's always you have, and you have to because, and I will say the reason why is because if you don't point out that yeah this could go sideways, it could. And then when if you don't say it, and then I'll tell you eight months later it's like why didn't you say it didn't go sideways? Well, I got then if I say say sideways, you you blame me for being pessimistic, and if I <laughs> if I ignore it, then you're beating me up for never bringing it up. What? That's what? right. That's right. But yeah, so, no, it's real. Well, that's essentially all they're like. I mean, the next. You know, the step the next shooter drop, I guess, will be on October 27th when we're going to see Intel Innovation, which is the new uh, modern reboot uh, of uh, the Intel or the Intel developer form. I mean, you know, this is essentially what you know they're bringing back all these old TV shows, right? And they're upgrading them. This is what the uh, this is what they're doing with uh, IDF. So, um, oh, you know, that happens with that happens October 27th, and you know, there was we ended Intel Architecture Day with like a a personal appeal from Pat Gelsinger to show up uh whether in person or virtually so my guess is that we're going to see uh, a bunch of all their lake systems out there and maybe even a formal launch so it's hard to say what's going to happen what's your fuel on this you know I, I, overall mark so after seeing the alder lake you know more details not just rumors wh- what do you feel because i i'm actually um, pretty right go ahead um it's int- i mean you know you can't ignore the performance numbers i mean they're talking about just the performance core you know superseding rocket lake uh the efficiency core is being there there's a lot of there honestly there are a lot of moving parts to this um uh, you know we're seeing again a new you know um, uh, this hybrid architecture going mainstream we're going to be talking about arc uh in a second um we're talking about Thread Director. We're talking about Windows 11. We're talking about new PCI Express. We're talking about new DDR5. We're talking about a new socket. Um, you know, I, I sort of led with the fact that this is going to sort of, you know, change, you know, dramatically change the PC platform. Um, and I think it's going to. I think that um, the problem is right now is that we are in a uh, a time where 
change is tough. I mean, you know, NVIDIA talked yesterday about, uh, you know, having GPU shortages through next year. Uh, we don't know anything about how Intel is going to be able to manufacture this. We don't know too much about whether Windows 11 comes out on time. There's a lot of, a lot of things coalescing this fall with the PC and all these different technologies. So, um, you know, I'm always worried about, you know, all of those, some, some sort of cog, you know, slipping and slowing the whole process down. It sounds very cool on paper. Um, again, you know, if we're talking about cynicism, um, I'm a little worried about something not coming to market right on time and slowing everything up, but boy, I, I, I really want to see this vision realized. I mean, it seems pretty cool. Um, and that's of course within the Intel world. I mean, what, you know, what AMD is talking about is going to be a different story altogether, but I don't know. I mean, my, I was, I'm, 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 I'm I thought, I mean, this all sounds pretty cool, but I'm always a fan of cool technology and cool technology doesn't always pan out in the real world. So I don't know what to think about it, I guess. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I will say again, I came away pleasantly surprised because I think Alder Lake will be very competitive with AMD's existing products. We'll see how it is with their, their, you know, their stack parts soon, but it sounds like this could make them competitive um especially sort of at that area where they've just never had that that core density that throughput as they'd call it that which i feel better because those e-cores are definitely more higher performance than i expected mm-hmm. so you know and i, I think what i was kind of like thinking is like because i okay i get it for you class i get it for h class laptops right i never really understood it for desktops it's like because i really think i think i even saw that in our chat a lot of a lot of desktop people are like give me all the performance i can get and rather than saying give me an alder lake h plus in a desktop i think people really sort of said why don't you give me a sapphire rapids light Mm -hmm, i want i want i I don't want eight cores of of golden cove i want 10 cores you know to get all there is but i think I think I kind of understand where at least we have to see when we get it, but I think I understand what they're saying is like, look with golden core cove, we really give you realistically. Everybody plays games on very light. They're very lightly threaded. You really don't need more than so many than eight cores for games. You don't need more than four cores or two cores for most games. So we give you like, we give you just awesome kick-ass performance on sort of like the really lightly threaded stuff that, Everybody uses in 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 Office and Chrome and gaming, Photoshop. That's all about you know light light lightly threaded. And then now, if you're going to sit there and you're going to render all day, we can now give you more threads than the competition and potentially more performance by using these Graysmont cores, right? Because and they do all that, I think, in a socket they can maintain and a consumer part because. You know, you know, even for AMD 5950X, the 16-core part, they could go faster with that part, but the socket is the limit, right? They just right, can't exactly. deliver this. They're, they're power socket limited. So, like, in a way, this is like a way to cleverly give them, you know, as they are saying, we give you – we solve best of both worlds. We give you single-threaded performance. We give you multi, multi-threaded performance in, in a fairly limited – you know, package so mm-hmm. power package. So I, I think it makes me feel better. Of course, we don't know till we actually get it. Nope. So, 
and we don't know necessarily. I mean, there may be some goodness hiding between Ark and uh, Alder Lake too. I mean, the, you know, we've already seen some uh, what happens when you know manufacturers try to uh, uh, combine or integrate uh, processors and graphics a little bit more to give you some special benefits. So, um, yeah, and <laughs> actually, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that's a good segue to ARC, but if there's questions, we should be listening. Well, we do have questions. So I wanted to jump in real quick. And actually, on uh, Gordon's point there about uh, DIY people and uh, wanting all the performance from the show, Vignesh commented, you know, asking, is the performance and efficiency core is going to use less power than all the cores from A and D? Because otherwise, given that TDPs are pretty similar right now, like um, Vignesh was saying that if AMD's all big core solution uses pretty much the same power, they'd rather just have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to either. see when we get actual products. You know, um, you would imagine that those efficiency cores will certainly give it way better idle idle performance. So, especially when tied with an ATX 12VO power supply, which, you know, that's why Intel's been pushing so hard for it. But I guess everybody's saying no. Yeah, they really painted those numbers in broad strokes. I think TDPs are actually going to have to wait for the announcements of the, of the actual parts. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And uh, also kind of related to that, uh, Adrian on YouTube wanted to know, um, like, really, what's the point of having these smaller cores if uh, if it takes 10 seconds on a performance core versus 30 seconds on efficiency core? Like, doesn't that kind of equal out in the end? That was, that was the question that they had. I think the idea is to tune it. It's it's so, I mean, clearly, because it's about the performance you get out of it. So let's be honest. If you have a 5950X here and an Alder Lake, you know, part is up here with those cores, that's the only thing that really matters. And I, I think maybe that's how they're going to tune the, the clocks and the power for all the cores to be above, to be faster than the competition. And, yeah, is it is it – and, again, remember – they use you're talking about more than Skylake performance in you know with eighty percent you know less power. So it's just extremely power efficient in a way. And and again this sort of gets back to the previous question. We we don't know where the where the where the power will fall, but I imagine it's probably not that bad. I don't know. We'll have to see though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a strange situation because Intel has on one hand it has to position the efficiency cores as efficient it has to position them as low power but on the other hand you run into the risk of saying there's bad cores and there's good cores uh you know there's there's power there's power cores and there's there's no power cores and you know it's, that's where you get in the, the competitive space especially with gamers oh, i don't want a crappy efficiency core i just want all power performance cores and so you know i mean it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out it may just be again that we just uh, that that all they're like performs very well no matter what cores it's running on but it may just be that yes there's a backlash because amd is going to quietly say well we offer all performance cores and that's what you want so yeah i mean i imagine that's a good marketing way they can market against it but you know i guess i mean i know everybody thinks they need 16 cores for playing games and they don't but it just to me it, and I think what sort of solves is that thread director is, you know, you've always got background cast happening when you're doing it, when you're playing games. But so now, now the CPU basically can, can handle all those with less power. So now there's more power to throw out the performance course, right? So the e-cores handle the background task 
and then the P core can then benefit from that because now it has a you know better power envelope because the E cores are so efficient. I I don't know this. We sort of hope that they do their math and 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 balance it right so they're better. But I I sort of see that I don't see it as a negative because you know those cores the efficiency cores because of the thread director you know could lead to you know better ultimately if it's better performance that's the only thing you care about so um all right got uh two super chats i've been holding thanks for your patience uh and then we can move to arc um mike quinton from the show mike quinton gave us 35 dollars. thank you so much wants to know uh will app developers retro code apps to take advantage of the remapping such as office apps or games did we lose mark I think we lost Mark. Oh, uh, Mark. <laughs> so as far as I understand it, uh, the, you know, previously, Mark is coming back. So previously the OS handled like you go to this core, you go to this thread, you go you go here, you go here, you go here. Well, the OS, uh, as we recall from the original Ryzen launch, wasn't that great at it. Uh, it's gotten better. With, with Windows 11, it will get substantially better. And then also with ThreadDirector because it's like, look, Thread director is like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna tell you, you need to go to. It's just like that person at the supermarket. You need to go to lane four. You need to go to lane five. So that they're gonna tell the OS, which is telling the application where to send threads. So it it should, in theory, not need a, a whole lot of you know uh, a new version in order just to work for. Because I think thread director would handle it itself by by simply knowing P core, E core, or hyper threaded. You know, so they're basically the, the, it sends the way it works. The hierarchy is it sends it to the P core. If it's high, it's like, whoa, this is important. You know, you go here. It's like, oh, you're outlook. You're going to the efficiency core, right? Or you're just doing this Norton scan. You're going to a hyperthetic core. So it should, in theory, possibly make things even more, you know, smoother on a PC in a way. All right. And then, uh, Thanks uh, again, Dan, for your patience. Dan McGuire gave us $2 super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, question for Gordon. Alder Lake or M1? Had to ask. <laughs> you mean which is faster? Uh, oh. I don't know. It's kind of an open-ended question. To me, I would interpret that question as which one would you prefer? But you're, I think it's open. You can interpret it how you choose. You know, I really had to make sure I did not ask that question. So after, <laughs> after that disaster, after my disastrous joke with Nvidia backfired on me, I, I decided I'm not asking that question anymore. And I will say nobody asked that question. I I was pleasantly surprised that no one asked is 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 Alder Lake faster than M1. I I I have to say that I was I was pleasantly surprised. I will I will I'm going to go on on a limb here. I'm going to say is going to be faster. So that's that's my prediction. So yeah, I, I would say, and it runs Windows on x86, not <laughs> ARM Windows, which isn't really ARM. All right, I mean Windows. All right. Uh, sorry, my okay. sorry, my 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 connection bounced. I'm now on. Uh, so I'm ditching Comcast, and now I'm on T-Mobile's 5G. So we'll see how that plays. Oh, out. holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Comcast is everything we've ex- we we expect from years of cable training. Absolutely, service. I love my Comcast. My monopolistic cable provider. <laughs> ah, how about some GPU talk before we have to wrap yes, up we here? We got 22 minutes. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go through this quickly. Fortunately, 
a lot of this stuff is 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 deep GPU nerd stuff. I'm not a deep GPU nerd. Uh, big deal, of course, is Arc. Uh, and I really will say, I don't I don't know why they just didn't simply rebrand. I mean, I get it. It's all based on XE XE HPG XE LP, which was the entire lake. Uh, XE HPC, which is the 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 big pants stuff. That's 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 a big deal. That's the real money. Those are the high rollers. For gamers, you're going to get basically Intel Arc. They announced that this week. So uh, it's the, the rationale for Arc is story arc. You know, you go in a story, you go into a dungeon, you get killed, you come back out, you do you do some loot boxes. That's the whole story arc. Um, so now Arc, the first of which GPU will be uh, called the, the code name is Alchemist. So they got some cool code names too. So there's going to be Alchemists. It'll be, and they kept calling it uh, Alchemist Arc. So the first Arc GPU you will be able to buy will be Alchemist. Uh, it will be a high-performance gaming XEHPG. Uh, big changes from what you've seen in XE graphics in Tiger Lake uh, 1. Uh, well, no more EUs. Previously, they called everything EUs, you know, execution units. It was 96 EUs in the top end Tiger Lake uh, UP3 part. They're saying we're not going to call it that anymore. It got con- These things got too big and unwieldy to use that. We're going to call them XE cores. And uh, there's four XE cores in a slice. And I believe the first uh, Alchemist arc will have, what, eight? Eight slices? I've got to look at those. If we go to slide 10, you can sort of see it here. So slide 10, there's going to be eight slices, each of them containing uh, uh, four XE cores. Also, there there is indeed hardware ray tracing. I know, of course, because it's been coming for a long, long time. When Intel first sort of said they're going to GPU do a consumer GPU, people are like, well, you're going to have hardware ray tracing, and they've never really said. And people said, you're going to need it to be competitive, even though no one believes in ray tracing. But they said they will have hardware ray tracing. It is significantly a significant higher clock speed and also more efficient. I think they're saying uh, over the uh, XE graphics in a Tiger Lake UP3 part, it's uh, a 1.5x in clock increase and 1.5x in power efficiency per watt um, they say that comes from uh, the design the architecture and oh by the way this one is not on 10 nanometer this is actually based on uh, uh, TSMC N6 which is what their 6 nanometer I don't even know what it's just N6 uh, it's their 6 nanometer process so these GPUs will be built by TSMC so they pick up efficiency there as well um, actual performance is not hinted at. It is because it is so far away, and that is, to me is the most disappointing thing here. Uh, Alchemist Arc XEHPG will not be available until Q1 uh, 2022, which is everywhere from January 1st out to you know the last day of the quarter for three months. That's pretty far away considering right now it's, it's August 19th. So that to me is disappointing, but... They showed a bunch of games running on it, looked, you know, on, on Silicon, you can go to uh, our. Uh... Oh, no, really? Oh, um, no. Recorded. <laughs> we just recorded. Oh, the dangers of a Zoom podcast. <laughs> I thought it was me again. I was just like, no. that's what I was like. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, um, I guess, I mean, the one thing that uh, Z does for me is just, I mean, even though the fact that it's coming out next year is, is disappointing. I mean, we, uh, the fact that we're going to see, you know, ZHPG availability is obviously the thing that's going to matter. I mean, you know, um, whether it comes out from uh, Intel's fabs or TSMC's fabs, I mean, it's simply just the fact that, um, that we're going to see, a third-party GPU that's go ahead and uh, takes, you know, that go ahead and supplements AMD and NVIDIA, I think is going to be something that uh, everyone's going to appreciate. And I think that we've mentioned, as we've mentioned it before in the site, it doesn't really have to have leading edge performance. It just has to have a decent performance uh, so yeah. people can at least buy it because that's going to get people onto the Intel graphics platform and um, basically allow people to play some games they haven't been able to play before since they've been using their, you know, their ancient, uh, their ancient graphics cards. And I think the, the, one of the questions that we had before with, of course, was, you know, you know, are these GPU shortages going to alleviate from AMD and NVIDIA? And I think that with NVIDIA saying yesterday that no, that we are going to see some GPU shortages throughout next year, that really uh, smooths the landing. Uh, uh, the, the the you know it, it basically just enables a, or Intel to come to market with a product, and it's going to get a warmer reception than it might normally would have. Uh, people aren't not going to necessarily dismiss it. So yeah, but here's uh, here's the question think? I Go have ahead, regarding sure. to regarding that though, Mark, because I mean what all of this is being manufactured by TSMC, right? I think so so right, in yeah. some ways, like everyone's going to be constrained to a certain degree. So if, even if NVIDIA is saying they're going to experience chip shortages, I don't, does that really mean that there's going to be that much of a, like a big window for Intel to step through? Do you know what I mean? Just because I mean, well, everybody's facing these shortages, right? Yeah. Good question. I mean, that's, you, you know, that's an excellent point. I mean, you're right. You're talking about just slicing a, a fixed supply, but mm-hmm. um, I guess it really depends upon um you know, what the contracts are between NVIDIA and TSMC and Intel and TSMC, you know, yeah. uh, maybe Intel was able to negotiate some priority pricing just because of, you know, some sort of reciprocal agreement that I might be able to make in the, in the future. I don't know. It's all speculation, but you're right. It's a great point. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess it's, you know, it allows Intel to get in the market. One of the questions I had, um, it's a shame that uh, Gordon's, dropped he's, off for the he's moment right now he says he'll be back yeah, okay great uh is what you know intel's response to um dlss 2.0 where it's talking about the upscaling from 1080p to 4k um and intel calls this i guess zss is how we're going to pronounce it um I'm, I'm hopefully Gordon will be able to come back on and sort of a question to answer this. But so uh, his story says that it, ZSS uses machine learning and temporal feedback techniques. So I'm wondering if that's being done in real time or if that's been done by Intel separately, sort of accumulating sort of a database of 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 these things of of performance to sort of influence the driver. Um, and I haven't actually watched the, I've watched the Intel uh, demonstration of the technology in terms of how it's upscaling, but I'd be interested to know how that's going to actually work in, in reality. But, that's kind of the big question in general, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we just don't know a lot. No, we don't. Um, 
And again, I think that's what we're going to see maybe this October. I mean, hopefully, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, it seems sort of pithy to say that, uh, yes, this Delta variant stinks, but I mean, this is the kind of thing that, you know, with the new architecture you want to see in person. Uh, and, you know, if Intel has demonstration systems, both with Alder Lake and uh, Arc, uh, you know, it's a case, it's a chance to take it for a spin, you know, to see how it plays, to see if there's uh, not just frame rates, but see how choppy it is, you know, in, in yeah. terms of, um, you know, playing a first person shooter or something of that sort. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully at some point we'll be able to go ahead and, and you know, play with this before it actually comes on. And it like- give us a better idea of where they're actually going to land, right? Because right. They, they, they really haven't given much indication of like where they're in the stack, so to speak, they're targeting relative to the competition. And don't I think, we have an idea that they're sort of going to be somewhat behind both AMD and Intel, but yeah, but we just don't know how much, right? Yeah, and we just right. don't know like what that's going to look like in terms of, as you said, like tangible in-person feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Gordon's Gordon. back. Hey, sorry. Yeah, uh, boy, we are just yeah. This is why it's nice to be in the studio. We'll do that soon. <laughs> <laughs> so we People were just chatting. We're thinking uh, Comcast uh, pull the plug on on you <laughs> or right. Apple. Yeah, so uh, basically, uh, so it's coming. We don't really know much. We don't own a performance. Um, the other thing is, uh, I'm. Sh- did you guys mention XESS? We talked a little bit about it, but I didn't know exactly how it worked. Do you have any more insights upon the, how the uh, uh, the machine learning and so forth actually operates? Well, they, you know, they there's. If we go to slide uh, twelve, so you know they give a little bit of a glimpse into how XCSS works. Hopefully we can get an expert on from Intel to explain it soon enough to us, but they do say it, you know, it does use, you know, machine learning to uh, neural nets to basically do the, the, the sample, the, the upsampling, upsizing. And you can see this, if we go to slide 13, they actually have quite a few demos that you can look at. Uh, we actually have one uh, attached to the story that uh, I wrote about it today. It does look pretty impressive to me. So, you know, they say, I think they say near, you know, near the uh, almost almost imperceptible, I think, or near imperceptible. Mm-hmm. Basically, it looks pretty damn good is what they're saying. You know, basically rendering frames at, at 1080p and then upsampling it to, to 4K. A lot of the stuff looked impressive that I saw. Uh, it is, you know, of course, using the the goodness inside of the the new Arc GPUs to do the upsampling. But you know, they do recognize that you, in order to play this game, you have to be open. So they are going to release after the initial version. There will be a version that also runs on on. On products that support DP4A, which is basically most modern GPUs from NVIDIA and AMD. So, you know, because part of the game is you don't get developers to support your fancy new feature unless they can use it in more places. That's why AMD has done so well with FSR. So with XESS, you get this awesome goodness with the Arc GPU. But if you have a GeForce or you have a Radeon, you can also extract something as well they're not saying how good it will be but they're saying it's it'll be it won't be as good no surprise but you can at least run it so that is you know that is a nice thing about xexs 
this is the area where I would expect them to have a little bit more tighter integration between the CPU and the GPU going forward. Um, I would be a little surprised if they didn't offload some of this to the CPU or at least tight it more tightly integrate. Cause I know it's bundling, but in same, some, some sense, I don't know. It just seems like that might be an area where something can take place. I think it's too early to, I, for me, I would, if I, if I were to read the temperature of the room, I would say that would be too soon. They, oh, not now. No, I'm talking yeah. about future products. Oh, yeah. And down the road, yeah. It's clear that AMD and Intel are going to exploit the ownership of both parts of it Absolutely. to, to push out the leader in this in this market in GPUs is NVIDIA, right? They they own 80% or more of desktop. And for laptops, they own probably 99.9% of it, you know. Yeah. Of so, course, we could see an ARM processor PC with an NVIDIA GPU attached to it. So we'll see. Yeah. But I, I do think Intel will do that eventually, but and AMD as well. But I, I do think they have to be extremely careful to tiptoe around the improvements. You don't want to seem like you're just pushing NVIDIA overboard and forcing consumers to buy their products. They have to say, like, look, we'll work with their stuff, but if you use our stuff, it's so much better. And I think... I think PC gamers will accept that if they sort of accept like, Hey, we got this feature and you have to use our GPU and our CPU. People are really going to balk at that. I think so. It's just, we're just so used to the openness of, of, of PCIe. It's, it's the Casablanca of the PC for, for gaming. So you can't really, you, you can't break that right immediately without having the benefits being so overwhelmingly good that, that people will do it. And I, I do think, if the benefits were that overwhelmingly good, then you should make that decision. Like, yeah, this actually, I like this, but then you weigh it against like, I may want to buy an NVIDIA or an AMD GPU down the road or vice versa. Right. So we'll see. So on this topic, Gordon, uh, we have a $5 super chat from Victor Martinez. Thank you very much. Um, do any of you guys think that maybe NVIDIA will make DLSS available to every GPU now with XESS? Uh, as competition, or do you think they're still going to keep that locked? I think, you know, you know, with a pattern we've seen in NVIDIA in the past is, you know what, there's enough pressure, we're sort of losing this battle, we do need to do, you know, we need to adopt basically XESS and FSR, but then call it DLSS, you know, DLXS Alpha or something like that. <laughs> you know, that'd be the NVIDIA move, right? Look, now we support DLSS, like what? That's that's AMD's and Intel's thing. No, no, it's our thing. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I think there is that possibility. I don't think they feel they're there yet, you know. Um, and then also the thing is they don't give up. GeForce, real GeForce hardware monitors are indeed the cream of the crop of, of gaming monitors, and they are not giving that up. <clears throat> but I do think at some point they do have to. <clears throat> they are going to have to do it if. If AMD and, and Intel make more headway against them and increasingly isolate them. Yeah. Uh, Santino Joshua Torre on YouTube says, of course, NVIDIA is going to call it DLSS Lite. Of course. DLSS <laughs> compatible. It was DLSS compatible. That would be the way to do it. And you know what? You, I'm, I respect the ability for them to do that. They can pivot and I, I don't even know what a free sync monitor anymore. They're just, they're just desync compatible now. So. It's it's incredibly impressive. It's so. my life so hard when I'm looking at deals. I'm like, is this really a G-Sync monitor? Yeah. So, yeah, no, we'll, I mean, I think ARC is really looking, honestly, 
like a real player. I really wish they would have launched it this year, though, because, oh, man, you know, February and March, that's a long ways away. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. So right now they'd have an instant hit if the world – I think it very much depends on what it's going to look like next year, you know. So this is their moment, and it just sometimes it feels like that window could close – so you need to get that out ASAP right now to, to make an impression. So I also I wrote this story at go to pcworld.com, wrote uh, about it, and it's really sort of the things I think Intel has to do with ARC to make it a winner. You know, one I, I think is, you know, don't bundle it. I mean, definitely don't bundle it. Try to get – try that. And right now, the, I think the game for Intel is to get the mind share. Oh, you know, you love us. You may have hated our Rocket Lake part, and you, you may have hated our 14 nanometer parts, but our GPUs are awesome. So we're your best friend now, and and why not exploit that? And I just can't. Why not just mess with AMD and Nvidia when you got that chance? You know, it's not your core business. You got nothing to lose. You know, like just wreck it. Like sell these things for like oh, one hundred eighty dollars for thirty seventy. They dropped the price low enough. Nobody's gonna complain, really. Yeah. That was AMD's playbook when they got back in the CPU game. Yeah, give it away. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, we're getting close to the end of the show. Any last thoughts before I do a couple last super chats and then we wrap up? No, I mean, I, I overall, I think it was a really good, good showing for Intel. I mean, I you don't, I didn't, you didn't come away going what besides the AVX 512 thing. I mean, everything was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic for Alder Lake, frankly. And mm-hmm. Arc, of course, everybody is like, oh my god, Arc can't get here soon enough, right? So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only, the only takeaway that came to mind right now was just a procedural one. Um, I, I kind of like the way, you know, that companies are doing it now with, um, I almost like pre-recorded broadcasts, the way that things are doing now. I, mean, I, I remember when we used to go to Intel Architectural Days, they were all live and just taking notes and processing that information was a real challenge. But, you know, honestly, the way that Intel did it where, um, you know, this is behind the scenes stuff, I guess, but where they had uh, presentations that were pre-recorded, but they also had opportunities to ask questions of live people, just like, you know, you guys are doing to us now. That's the way to do it. I mean, it's like, uh, like a, like a taking a college course or something of that sort. You can review the lecture and then you can go ahead and have office hours and ask questions of the professor. So that was, um, you know, <laughs> if there's anything that I took away from the pandemic, I think um, I did like the way that this was handled. I know, sorry, probably a little too, too meta for most people, but that was what came to mind. Right. Intel's listening, then maybe uh, they'll take into yeah. consideration, right? Yeah. Uh, so just to wrap up, a couple things. Uh, first off, yes, thank you, chat. Um, I was wrong. Um, NVIDIA is now with uh, Samsung, not TSMC, but I still do have the same question about the whole global shortage of you know supply and all that i think that's something we'll have to keep an eye on to see if uh it affects intel's ability to bring enough to market um and then we got a couple of super chats from from the show vc uh pester so uh first one is five dollars and uh wanted to let you know gordon that uh his 5950x uh and he and his 5950x will fight the m1 for you as your champion he's got you bruh oh good good <laughs> Because it's, I don't know, it might be faster, the M1, but. <laughs> and then a second $5 Super Chat. Thank you. Uh, just throwing money at us today. Uh, once Wanted to know, Gordon, uh, when you popped offline by accident, uh, did you run to your neighbor's house, kick down the door, say that you needed uh, 200 feet of Cat6 <laughs> stat? Is that how you solved the problem? <sighs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I ended up having to. 
this I, something with his laptop just kind of like freaked out. So I think he probably found it underneath an overpass, like he found the PC. Somebody just tossed oh it yeah, gave it away. Oh, yeah, so I, I looked. <laughs> I was walking through San Francisco and I saw some abandoned computer outside a bank, and I had to look. It's like, do you think? Oh, maybe I'm gonna score another one. It was like a dual Xeon rack server. So this is this is going to be Gordon's thing from now on. Like, you know, once you have that first hit, right? Like he's not going to be able to stop scavenging PCs from the side of the road now. I just, you know, that was it. That was just, yeah, that was a 980, a 980, yeah. a 980 and a 1080. Come on. Yeah. Just... So, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, there's an article in PC World where Gordon details his, uh, uh, I don't even call it dumpster diving. It's just sidewalk uh, scavenges. It's a it's a pretty amazing story. So go and yeah. check that out there. Yeah. But uh, we we got to go. Unfortunately, thanks to everyone who tuned in. Gordon, why don't you uh, take us out? Oh, if I could find my notes, I'm I got <laughs> totally discombobulated. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also, please leave a review on one of the services. Every time you do, Intel turns off another AVX five twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Please send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad. Oh, Brad's not here. My notes are old. With Mark Hoffman. Thanks, guys. Eleni. Bye, everyone. And thank you to Willis for turning off the light switch. Thank you, everyone. Uh, be sure to check out Mark and Gordon's article in the description below. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel, and we'll catch you on your next uh, next show. <laughs> Bye.